Hello and welcome to another edition of the Regarding ID podcast. This is Zach Martin, editor of Regarding ID magazine, and today we're continuing our series on ID standards, speaking with Don Tebow, executive director at the Open ID Foundation and chairman and president of the Open ID Exchange. But before we dive in, first a word from our sponsor. Whether you are protecting a critical infrastructure or vital information, or securing a facility or border, you need to answer the same question. In the modern world of identities, how do you establish with absolute certainty that someone is who they claim to be? At CSC, we understand that the heart of identity management is the creation of trusted identities. For more information, go to csc.com slash identity management. CSC, beyond a shadow of a doubt. a lot of discussion around securing online identities. What types of technologies will be used and what standards that technology will use is, uh, is a hot topic right now. With a variety of standards out there, it can be difficult to keep everything straight. The purpose of this podcast series is to try and give listeners a guide to the different standards out there. In this podcast, Don's going to fill us in on where OpenID fits with the different online ID efforts underway. Thanks for joining me today, Don. Thank you. Tell me about the Open ID Foundation. What's it about? What uh, are you guys trying to accomplish? Well, the foundation is, I think, a very interesting creature. And by that, I mean it's uh, what I call a team of rivals. And that is that the companies and communities that are represented on the board of the foundation um, are really the industry leaders that – that take identity as central to their corporate strategy. Um, and they focus on identity from a user-centric point of view. And what I mean by a team of rivals is that they are companies that really fall along the whole spectrum from uh, enterprise leaders like Microsoft to um, consumer web identity providers like Google and social media leaders like Facebook. So we, uh, we get a check mark for diversity and uh, different kinds of technology on the foundation. But I think the companies themselves, as well as the community uh, members that are on the board, um, are an indicator of how important identity is becoming um, to business um, in that broad spectrum from enterprise to uh, social media players. Talk to me a little bit about OpenID's technology. Kind of how does it work? Um, how does a user sign up for it, use it? Well, I think one of the powers, uh, the powerful thing about OpenID technology is that um, users don't have to sign up for it. And what I mean by that is that today, if you have a Gmail account, an AOL account, a Yahoo account, um, and others, you already are open ID enabled. And what that means fundamentally and originally is that you can take your Gmail account or your AOL account and use it on other websites. It's called a single sign-on value proposition. And again, it allows um, people to not be bothered with creating a new account and a new password not have to make a new identity for every website that they visit. 
rather they can use an identity um, from a provider that they trust, that they have a relationship with today, and move through the Internet um, using that identity um, that they've chosen and that provider that they do business with. So the single sign-on value proposition is fundamentally a very powerful one because the technology is hidden, the ease of use is uh, very straightforward, and the benefits that come um, are clear to both the consumer and customer as well as to the industry players involved. One thing I was curious about with, with your system, how do you educate the user on that, you know, that they can use their Yahoo ID on another site so that they feel safe and comfortable putting that same logon information into another website so they don't feel like they're getting fished or something like that? Well, it's a, it's a good question um, because it really has two parts. One is the education of the user is such that um, each of those companies I talked about, the identity providers like Google and Yahoo and others, really um, take it upon themselves to um, uh, let their customers know that they have this capability of moving through the web um, using their, uh, their existing identity, their existing email account. Um, I think what, um, what you're pointing to in terms of the security challenge is a fundamental uh, problem that all of the industry is, is grappling with, which is, um, again, how do you make that ease of use trade-off with security acceptable to the consumer uh, and appropriate to the different kinds of transactions that that consumer will want to undertake. So um, it's an issue that we continue to work on through the foundation and um, we have a number of companies like Microsoft, PayPal, IBM, and others for whom enterprise security is core to their business. And for uh, the adoption of OpenID really challenges some of the long-standing ways that they've thought about identity. So phishing uh, is and will remain uh, a major challenge not only to the OpenID technology, but across the web. Can you explain to our listeners how OpenID fits in with some of the other ID standards that are out there and, and, and how you guys are working together? Yeah, ID, OpenID really is part of a um, rapidly growing and robust ecosystem of identity standards. And again, we have new identity standards being proposed almost on a monthly basis because identity is becoming so important to commerce and particularly important to cloud-based uh, applications. But OpenID today fits with other identity standards like information cards, OAuth, SAML, and others. I think probably the best and perhaps a bit simplistic way of thinking about it is that OpenID is really the on-ramp um, to the Internet and the on-ramp to some of these other standards that have at their core different use cases, different applications, different levels of security, um, and such. So you'll see um, a number of applications that begin with OpenID, move to an information card uh, paradigm so that people can operate at 
higher levels of security or what we call higher levels of assurance. Most of our listeners know about the national strategy for secure transactions in cyberspace. And, you know, there's talk out there about adding levels of assurance to, uh, to online identities. Has there been any discussion among the OpenID folks about adding, you know, identity vetting to that so that people can have levels of assurance um, associated with their OpenID logon? Yeah, the, um, the members of the OpenID Foundation were at the forefront of responding to the um, initiative by the uh, government um, that, that really talked about, in governmental terms, open identity for open government. Uh, this was an effort on the part of the Obama administration to, as Vivek Kundra said when he invited the board of the foundation to the White House, he said, look, we want to meet the consumer, your customers, where they are today. And where they are today is, for the most part, using open ID, whether they know it or not. So I think the, uh, the starting point for that interaction between the foundation and, and the White House was uh, working with um, the ICAM folks around uh, standardizing uh, on open ID 2.0 as the um, standard that the government has chosen to interact with citizens. That happened about uh, two years ago. A year later, at this most recent RSA, we announced the first certification of identity providers through the government's process um, and the development of a trust framework, a certification, if you will, of those companies that have agreed to the technology standard um, that the government chose at level one, as well as the policy interop standards that were associated with that. The idea was to have at the most easiest use case, um, what's called level one uh, level of assurance, um, an opportunity for existing uh, email accounts to be uh, used in uh, a variety of government uh, agencies. So over the last two years, we've been piloting that, and slowly but surely, more and more government websites now accept OpenID and use the certification of OpenID providers like Google, Yahoo, and others um, in their websites. So a level one uh, assurance really allows you to do some very basic things. It mm -hmm. allows you to keep an anonymous identity, but it allows you to use an existing account, like a Gmail account, to reserve a, uh, a campsite at a, a national park. Higher levels of assurance, using your Gmail account or your VeriSign account, your uh, Equifax account, to interact with the government, to pay your taxes, to check your benefits, are higher levels of assurance, level two and level three. And today, we have a close collaboration with the government to begin to pilot LOA two and LOA three use cases so that industry and government can understand the technical uh, interoperability challenges as well as the policy challenges that come part and parcel of uh, working in, in a government uh, 
application set. Can you uh, give me any more details, any more information about the pilot? What you guys are, how you guys are doing the, the different levels of assurance? And as a matter of fact, we're going to be um, demonstrating uh, a new set of applications at higher levels of assurance at an upcoming Gartner uh, conference in San Diego at the end of the year, at the okay. end of the month. What we want to do is um, to show how some of our existing uh, use cases, the National Library of Medicine, uh, the National Cancer Institute, um, how we can allow uh, researchers um, both in the U.S. and overseas to use an open ID not only to uh, log into a government website, but begin to access content that requires these higher levels of assurance. In that, we um, have to, we being industry and government, have to agree on some, some rules, what we call. We've got the tools set up, OpenID 2.0, but the harder thing than technology often is the uh, the politics or the, the policy that is part and parcel of making progress. Right. What I mean by that is you have to agree on the technical interrupt, but you also have to agree on the policy uh, that goes with that. And the policy, uh, in this case, often begins uh, with discussions around privacy. The good news here is that for the first time, the government has been clear and definitive about their expectations around privacy. And it's allowed, the government, the government has allowed industry to opt in or self-select which identity providers choose to follow these rules that the government has promulgated. And uh, in coordination with what we call the tool, the technical standard, um, we now have a clear view of what level one looks like and we're now developing rules and tools for level two and three. Again, it's long-winded, but it's in the interest of the government to make sure that um, the identity providers um, have been vetted, and it's in the interest of the industry to protect their customers and citizens so that um, they can be assured of a repeatable and reliable experience and that the information that industry has about its customers is protected in every instance, including that of uh, working with government agencies. Okay. Is the uh, the pilot you guys are doing, is that the, at the, the Catalyst show, the Catalyst conference this year? Yeah, doing? the Catalyst conference is going to be um, a great example of a number of organizations, not only Open ID Foundation, but also the Information Card Foundation, and our colleagues in academia called in common to show interoperability on both technical and policy levels with government websites. Okay. And this is not just about government. It really is using uh, the government use case as a way of uh, kind of a forcing function, if you will, to have um, these standards clearly available throughout industry and as often happens, government standards tend to leak out and heavily influence what happens in the private sector. Right. Don, we've been talking about the OpenID Foundation and the uh, Open Identity Exchange here, and, you know, they are two different organizations, and, and you play a role with both of them. But, you know, OpenID Exchange is, is doing 
a little bit of different work than the Open ID Foundation, correct? Or can you yeah, just the, um, the two things happened um, earlier this year. That is that the Open ID Foundation, which is really about technology, really about interoperability for identity um, at a technical level, um, the foundation said, let's keep true and focused on that technical mission, but let's make sure that we support um, an industry-wide effort around policy. So the OpenID Foundation, as well as the Information Card Foundation, and some industry leaders like Google and VeriSign and Verizon and others created the OIX, the Open Identity Exchange. And the job of the OIX is not technology, but policy. Having two different organizations not only kept the focus clear, but it also gave different companies the opportunity to decide at a time uh, and manner of their choosing when they would seek certification by OIX um, and how uh, they wanted to interact with some of these really difficult issues around privacy. Well, Don, is there anything else uh, you want to mention about OpenID and the work that you guys are doing that our, our listeners should know about? Yeah, I think folks that are listening to this um, already self-selected as identity experts, perhaps, or at least interested in identity. And I think what's going to happen uh, in the fall is that for the first time, um, the U.S. government is going to be publishing essentially in what they call an identity strategy. And I think that strategy and the presidential signature on that is really going to shine a spotlight on this whole emerging world of identity authentication, identity management, identity authorization. So I think that there's going to be a real spike in interest um, around these issues. And we at the Open ID Foundation and OIX have been heavily involved with the White House drafting effort. So I think for listeners to this podcast, they'll want to stay tuned to see what the White House has to say about identity and to be prepared for when their CEOs or CIOs uh, walk into their office and say, hey, what's this all about? We'll have a good answer and uh, hopefully get more involved with the Foundation's effort to make sure that we do this right, um, because I think this is important stuff, not only for consumers and customers, but also how citizens interact with their government. Great. Well, Don, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this latest edition of the Guardian ID Podcast. My pleasure.